we were to go by stats, prison is a goldmine camp with no buybacks. Nigga, it's a wizard in the system holding all my blacks. It started in 1640, shackles around my ankles. Melanin meant that I can't go to schools or read, cause who's gonna serve my master? Also, the pastor describes all my people last. The sheep who exist to keep the land. We feed the economy, reap all the crops, but then feed on it modestly, consciously knowing you're less of that. And lighter skin means that you're better now. So you in the house taking whips and probably dick, cause well, you a fetish now. Meanwhile, I'm grateful for all that I'm giving. I'm picking this cotton in rhythm. I pray for a lot of the living. Escaping is probably a sin, and if God ever finds out that I want my freedom, well, damn, then God's gonna call in the rest. Two horses with opposite match. Those nooses, they up in the trees, and I'm hanging, but I'll never fall like my pants. Then came the 13th Amendment, written in 1865. It says, slavery is over, accepted, paid for doing crime. And then the things that they made illegal are things you associate with people who now education isn't equal. And they getting paid enough to eat, so we stealing and drugging and shit. We need to be fully equipped. The system, the new slave master, brought in to stop us and bullying shit. Cause before we were stealing and drugging, the laws we was breaking was loitering. We go to the bins and we can't pay to find out the jail is who your employer is. This voyage is super intentional. You used to be students in medical. The more than indigenous blacks were the smartest and honestly truest professionals. Literally teaching you about chemicals. My history isn't viewed on a pedestal. Try to tell me only few of my ancestors had anything to offer. If we wasn't strong, you would never bother. If we wasn't awesome, you'd never put all of your resources in just to get to conquer. If we ain't a problem, then why would you want all the youngest who black not to have a father? Cause slavery showed black youth for mad years. That whiteness is right. Your mom getting fucked, your dad getting whipped. But white is the light. And sometimes master blesses you for being a good slave. And kills you off if you a bad one. But black mothers tell their daughters fuck the master. And they tell their sons they can't run. Mama raised the girls independent. And she raised the boys out of fear. These days black women representing the struggle that these black boys trying to clear. Man, we have so much work to do. Once again, we are live from the plantation. Um, we thank everyone once again for joining us every Thursday night, 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, for this one-of-a-kind broadcast where you get the opportunity to hear from the people um, from behind enemy lines directly impacted by uh, mass incarceration, slavery, prison slavery, uh, whatever label that you use to describe this situation. Um, the voices from the inside are being blocked out or not being heard. And so we bring this show to you live from the plantation so that our voices can be heard, so we can be uplifted, our stories can be told. And um, got a little bit of a heavy heart tonight. You know, uh, we're dealing with the COVID-19. Uh, my brother, Kennedy, he's going to come on in a minute and, you know, uh, just update everyone. We just got word that one of our brothers, someone who we've been with in this in this struggle from day one, you know what I'm saying? It seemed like we all been in this thing from literally day one together. Um, he and I was on the same visitation had, uh, his mother, she would come down, we would see each other and whatnot. And now she's being impacted by COVID-19. So, uh, brother Kinetic going to come on in a minute. Uh, I just wanted to put that briefly out there to say that, you know, 
we standing here watching it. We it's, we standing here a witness to our own demise and destruction. We see them coming at us. We know we even know why they coming at us. We know they coming at us because in 2014 we stood up and became the men that we always said that we wanted to be. And the system showed us what they got for men like us, black men standing up. And there were other races and ethnicities that stood up with us. But this was our time. We were the leaders of this. We were the leaders of this movement. Um, you know, we can't. We we, we don't. We, we're proud to be black. We're proud to be black men. Uh, we honor the legacy that we inherited from the people who came before us, uh, the Mafonde Lakes, the George Dobbins, the, the brothers IFA, the, the, the people who died, gave their life. You know what I'm saying? There are other uh, martyrs and other people who are sacrificed also, but we're telling our story. You know what I'm saying? And so we hear brothers and our families are out there. They just they just as vulnerable as can be. You know, I spoke to my daughter tonight. She's going through a situation. She's in healthcare. They just learned that someone on their ward um, is COVID positive. So now she has to go home and figure out how to manage around my granddaughter, her daughter. You know, how do we manage that? And she already has Crohn's disease. She's already having complications. And so I'm thinking about my mom, and she's out there. And we're not able to be out there to be the men that we're supposed to be because we're not being the men that we're supposed to be in here. See, if we were the men that we were supposed to be on the inside, then we would be on the outside. We would be on the outside being able to protect our families. But because we're not standing up and being the men that we're supposed to be on the inside, then we're suffering too. Viv is being overran with COVID-19. Limestone being overran with 19. Decatur work release being overran with 19, uh, with COVID-19. St. Clair Correctional Facility has been a death, has been a death chamber for several months now, they've been sending the sickest of the sick to St. Clair. So throughout the state, we keep hearing this, this, this. Throughout the state and throughout the country, we keep seeing it over and over and over. The numbers continue to rise. There are no preventive measures in here. We're not receiving the clean flies. They, they they emphasize the fact that the death rate for COVID-19 is around 3 to 5%, but they are not emphasizing the fact that areas in society where they have access to to, to the, the supplies they need to sanitize their environment. There's no sanitation on these prisons, so it's never going anywhere. It's just going to continue to recycle over and over and over and over again until they thin the population out. Uh, we just saw one of the first, a few medical releases issued in the state of Alabama. Once again, it was a white male. A white male with stage four uh, colon cancer was released on a medical furlough. We saw the parole board continuously disproportionately release white males over and over and over and over. You know, and through our history, we know in the South that the white that, that there's a certain element that these people use when we're talking about the KKK and where they recruited these people from and what element. And we see them, we, we see warning signs over and over and over again. These people are getting ready to do certain things, but here it is that we send back suffering, our mothers are suffering, our children are suffering, our grandchildren are suffering, and we suffer. And we're not being the men that we're supposed to be. And that's what this movement is about. This is a man-up movement. This is a man-up movement. It is not a gangster movement. It's not a real nigga movement. It's not a trill nigga movement. It's not none of that. This is a black man, man-up movement. You know what I'm saying? This is for us to be all this stuff that we read about and that we hear about and that we say we are and that we say we believe in and all of these things, this is the movement that gives you the opportunity to be that. 
you know, because we have a hell of a fight and a war on our hands, and we're not on the front line. We somewhat hide, ducking, dodging bullets. It's a few out there, but it's easy to pick off. You know, so this is a call. This is a call to action tonight. The the live talk show tonight is a call to action. We got so many different stories of injustices for why we're here, wrongfully convicted, yet we're here, uh, over sentenced, yet we're here, but rehabilitated ourselves a thousand times over, can't make parole, yet we're here. You know, um, the violence, the drugs, they've used these drugs, they have decimated us with the drugs. Most of us don't know whether we're coming or going. Many people think about drug addicts, and they think about the person that's on the drug. In an environment like this where the drugs are so prevalent and the drug use is so high, everybody's on the drug. Because if the person, if the people around you are snorting ice and they are four, five, six, seven days in a row and you know how violent prone or what can happen, then you got to stay up to watch them. So you ain't even on no drug, but you on, but you, 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 you feeling the impact and you having to act just like them. So now you up three, four, five days. And your brain start doing the same thing that they brain start doing for being up three, four, five days. Or it's some flock or it's some heroin. And you know what I'm saying? And everything that comes with it. And there's no way that they can stop the spread of COVID in the overcrowded environment that's ran over infested with drugs. Because the drug addict has got to go get his fix. They ain't worried about spreading. They ain't worried about tracing. They ain't worried about none. They're worried about that fix. And so all of that creates a toxic environment where if we're not standing up, if we're not willing to stand up, if we don't want to make the sacrifice, then we can get it's, – it's just like walking into a death chamber. You may as well get ready. Your number, your ticket going to be punched, and your name will be called because there's no escaping. There's only one way around what we're going. There's only one way around. you got to stand up. And if you're not willing to stand up, you're going to be annihilated in the midst. Live from the plantation. Turn it over to uh, Connecticut just some more. Hotel, hotel. Uh, peace to the God. Uh, peace and blessings to the multitude. Uh, just to add on to, to the bill, uh, Brother Rossan was just giving, you know, because that's the theme uh, throughout these plantations. At least it is with, you know, the people that I'm interacting with on a regular basis. Uh, in fact, I'm saying I wish I wish I could record uh, some of the cycles uh, that me and the brothers are having these days because, you know, we on some real talk, you know what I'm saying, all nonsense to the side, all, you know, image, all that to the side. You know, it's time to talk about the truth, you know what I'm saying, about ourselves, you know, as black men, you know what I'm saying, our shortcomings. Uh, the obstacles that, that we face, um, you know, all the things that we're using as excuses not to do what we know we have to do, uh, talking about all the things that we've made crutches uh, to hold us up through, you know, this struggle, you know, but there's things that we really just have to be totally honest about, and that's the pain that we're in, you know, the hurt that we feel, uh, you know, saying we've been separated from our family. Uh, we've been deprived of, of a natural way of life. You know, we're going through something. And a lot of us, you know, we learned it from our parents or we learned it from our peers coming up uh, that you can't show emotion, that it's a weakness. 
that you can't let nobody know that you're hurting or that you're struggling, that you're going through. And we begin to develop habits of pretending to act as if uh, things were a certain way when in reality they are something else. <clears throat> but there's a lot of things we as black men have to come to terms with that. Um, what's going on in our communities and what's going on inside these institutions, you know, we, we play a part in, you know, we, we bear part of the responsibility uh, of that because as men, we have a duty and a responsibility to protect, protect and provide for our women and our children. And that's not what's going on. We not on a collective level, you know, being the men, we're not standing up. We're not upholding our responsibilities. You know what I'm saying? We're not lifting one another up. Uh, we're not bringing knowledge to the table. Uh, we're not teaching our women and our children how to properly apply uh, the things that we know that are beneficial to us. And that shows and proves that we're not understanding who we are and what our situation is. And we got to, you know, be real with ourselves and, and understand how real our situation is. You know what I'm saying? Every single day that you sitting in one of them sales, or every day you on one of these plantations, it's a day that you didn't get to spend time with your your mother, your children, your siblings. You know this is you know this is real life, and a lot of these brothers have numbed themselves to that pain and cut it off like it don't even matter, like they don't care that they're not able to interact with their families, like they don't care. Uh, that every day that passes by is another day you can't get back. Every year that you sit here is a year you're getting older. And it's real, and this thing is, is touching us in ways that <clears throat> that people ain't really understanding. You know what I'm saying? I'm one of my closest partners. I'm somebody grew up in the streets, came to prison together as, as youngsters, and have been here for decades. But I got to deal with the reality that, you know, his mother is impacted by a disease that's, you know, that's swarming through these prisons as well as through our communities. And their numbers say it's disproportionately, you know, killing us. So, you know, there's so many things going on with us that we ain't being real about the impact of these things. Man, we ain't got time to be waiting, man. I keep saying it, and I keep saying it in a in a way that you could. I try to convey the sincerity and the genuineness in my in my heart when I say, "Man, we can't wait. We can't keep waiting." You know what I'm saying we're getting older, our health deteriorating, our mothers are getting sick and passing away, our children are growing up, having children, getting married, and moving. Life is going on without us. And we have the power to change that. So I don't understand why we wouldn't do everything in our power to change that. But it makes me think back to something one of the brothers was building on today in Cypher. And it's something that we have to, you know, come to terms with that. The slave is complicit in his own slavery. He had to give up his power. He had to give up his freedom. He has to daily give up his freedom and give up his power. 
He complicit in his own oppression. We are complicit in our own oppression. We complicit in our own enslavement. We uphold the institution of slavery. We are the ones working for free. We are the ones that are upholding this system that we cry and complain about. The one we bickering about. The one we talking about is unsanitary, unconstitutional, on this, on that. We are the ones holding it up. Slavery would have ended a hundred years before now. If the slave just would have said, I ain't going to be a slave no more. This system, as we know it right now, will change and become unrecognizable to these dudes in this era. If we would just say, we no longer going to be slaves. We no longer going to go for this. That simple. That hard. But that's what men do. They make hard decisions for their family and their community. We as men have to come together and be willing to sacrifice everything we got to ensure that we able to provide for and protect our women and children. Man, listen, a nation can't rise no higher than it than its women. If we keep beating our women down, trying to uplift ourselves, we're going to continue to be in the position we are right now. It's time that we be real, man, and start having some real conversation, man, about change, about doing something, about taking definitive steps to do something. We've been theoretically and abstracting for the last decade, probably the last hundred years they've been talking about things in theory, things in, you know, abstract, what could be what should it be? Uh, it's only going to be what we make it to be. Our life, our existence here going to be exactly what we make it to be. Our situation in regards to this institution of slavery going to be what it's going to be until we decide that it's over and do something different. But, you know, that's just my sentiment or you know, the mood or the vibe that I'm on tonight, but we're going to flow through uh, the show, you know, like we do live from the plantation, you know, raw, uncut, you know what I'm saying? It's about, you know, the callers, uh, the people, you know, we're here to educate with the objective to liberate, uh, but it's an interactive conversation, you know, between us on the inside and our families and loved ones in the communities and brothers on other plantations, you know, this is where we're meeting up at the campfire. Live from the plantation, um, you know I'm, I'm kinetic justice of mine, and I'm riding I'm riding shotgun with my sidekick, uh, Benu Hannibal Rasan, and you know uh, we're gonna open up the floor uh, for any callers that want to chime in, anybody who got anything they want to add. Um, but yeah, then we live from the plantation, and I'm gonna turn it back over to my co-host, uh, Benu Hannibal Rasan. Yeah, and um. Just to, um, you know, we also, we, we want, the reason why it's important that we hear from people is because we have to constantly be exchanging ideas. You know, um, we saw the, uh, one of the, uh, one of the representatives from the squad, I think her name is Presley, comment on the fact that 
uh, I think the Michigan prison system and the Pennsylvania prison system once again are being overran with COVID-19 in the midst of this second or third wave or whatever you want to call it. You know, but these prisons are always going to be the breeding grounds for these waves. You know what I'm saying? It's already a fact that the, the, the highest concentrations of these diseases at any one time are in prisons. I think I saw one report where it said the 10 highest concentrations of it were at some kind of prison or uh, immigration facility or something around the country. And so it's like it's like it's like with anything else, you know what I'm saying? All these other issues. We were dealing with issues before COVID nineteen showed up, you know. And then when you when you add in this drug practice, see that's something that we can't overlook because we have to look at how is it that all of a sudden in the midst of our movement the prisons become overran with drugs. And so when we know what these drugs do to our people I mean, like I said, our brothers and our brothers for the most part, they don't know. They don't know whether they coming or going. And it's hard to fight a war like that. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to fight a war like that. But the enemy knows that. And so the enemy knows that it's difficult for us to organize and bring people together um, in these types of environments because, remember, these are the same type of environments that they constructed in society that they call ghettos or the hoods or the project. This is where they already have us confined to. Their experimentation has been going on for centuries. You know what I'm saying? Every movement that we've ever had in the project, the last, I would say, at least 75 years, this is how they put the fire out, whether it was heroin, uh, crack cocaine, or uh, whatever, fentanyl, whatever they can figure out to come up with next. They've always done that. And so they use the same tactics on the inside of these prisons. But we got to figure out a way to overcome that. I mean, we can't just sit back and say, oh, well, they don't they put the drugs in. That's it. There's nothing we can do. You know, we got to figure out a way to overcome that. That's the reason why it's important for our callers to press one. But you can't solve a drug problem. Uh, how do I say this? I just have to say it bluntly. You can't solve a drug problem with bullshit marches and protests. That's not going to solve a drug problem. So if you're a part of this struggle with us on the inside and you know what we're up against, then when we look to see your actions, let it be something that's helping us deal with these problems, with the drug problems with the administration in Montgomery allowing these drugs to overrun the prisons for a reason. See, they're not being called out for the reason. There was a report put out this week. I encourage everyone to look at it. It's called, it was, it was put out by the Alabama Appleseed um, organization, whatever. I don't know what. It's, it's Alabama Appleseed something, but you can look it up. And it talked about how many people have died in the Alabama prison system uh, in the last six years from from, from uh, violence or COVID-19 or suicide. But there were several things that I noticed about the art article that was missing. The main thing I noticed is missing from the article is that they don't even mention Free Alabama Movement or give credit to the people on the inside who made this an issue. Because before we made it an issue, no one would talk about it, including these same white supremacist organizations that want to talk now. You know, 
But now that they want to talk about it, they want to talk about it in their own terms. They want to put their reports out. And so we, we're preparing a report right now to respond to their report. But the thing that they left out of it was the drugs and the drug overdose deaths. And that's so important because we know the role that drugs play in all of that. In suicides, we know the role that drugs play in that. In violence, we know the role that these particular type of drugs play in that. And um, COVID-19, the role that drugs are playing in the spread of this disease, the breaking down of the immune system, the breaking down of the discipline of the mind for the person to, to, to take proper precautions and to not put themselves at risk. Drugs are a leader role, but also the racial component of drugs and how drugs have been used throughout history to stop advancements of black people in this country and other poor and oppressed people. And they didn't talk about that. And I thought that was a very glaring and obvious omission on their part. You know what I'm saying? To the point that I'm willing to say that they're doing it intentionally simply because we know who the director is of this organization. And there is no way that we can sit back and continue to allow that part of what's going on to just breeze through under the rug because that's going to be the death kill for all of us. You know what I'm saying? These drugs are going to be the death kill and there's a there's YouTube there's a YouTube channel I ran across a new, uh, another YouTube channel we're gonna share that information I'm gonna have to go back and get the name of but he's got video after video after video after video all around the country about this drug flocker inside these prisons and it's something that affects the neuro the, the, the neurotransmitters in the brain it's a neurotoxin it's a neurotoxin and they're spreading it all around the country and someone somehow has got to be held accountable because as many people, they talked about all the people that died in that article from violence. They talked about all the people that died from suicide. They talked about all the people that died from COVID-19. But you know what? They've not filed one civil action for wrongful death or negligence, negligent homicide, charging the commissioner of the Department of Corrections. But they got article after article after article. They're talking about one person got out, justifiably so, for a drug case. He had five years for a weed charge that he had a medical prescription for in another state that he was driving through Alabama and got stopped and ended up being put on probation and went back home and ended up violating the terms of his probation. And they extradited this man all the way from the other side of the United States to Alabama and gave him five years for a fucking some weed that he had a medical prescription for in another state. And so they blow this story up, and they just act like, you know what I'm saying, this, 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 this like, they, they act like they reporting on the second coming of Jesus. And we glad that this man is out of prison. We glad that he had a warrior queen for a wife who was relentless and refused to back down and not fight and allow her loved one to be kidnapped by the Alabama Department of Corrections. You know, but this organization that put this article out, you are intentionally skewing important facts that bring all this story together to show why there are other people who don't have such an egregious, I mean, don't have a situation like his, but they don't get the opportunity to go free. These people are dying behind these walls. You know what I'm saying? So 
we got to make sure, but that's not, we, we got to make sure that we do our part in getting this story out. Because this is genocide, y'all. This is genocide. Um, if someone is listening, if you would, please, if you could go online uh, right quick and get the United Nations uh, definition of genocide so that people can see that there are components to genocide and there are several components of it that are being implemented behind these prison walls, you know, and we up against it right now. We just, we, we just up against, it. you know what I'm saying? Our backs against the walls, um, all the chips on the table It's it's everything right now. This COVID-19 is fixing to be a beast throughout the winter in the flu season for many, many, many people, many, many, many people, not just a few. There are going to be more people. And they say once it, if you've already had, they say if you contract it again, it's worse. This stuff is causing damage to the body. And I don't want to just harp on COVID-19 because, like I said, we already had problems. The drugs had already weakened us in every way possible, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We were already weakened by these very dangerous. This, that was an act of violence that was committed against us when they dump these drugs out into these prisons. But when you see these articles like the one I'm talking about, obviously they don't talk about that. They don't make that a part of the story. And that's what happens when you have agents of white supremacy, institutions of white supremacy, trying to report and comment on issues that they are not directly impacted by. You're trying to talk about another person's story without including the people who are the story. We are the story in Alabama. Free Alabama movement, we are the story in Alabama, whether anyone likes it or not. Because before we put this movement together and organized people, there was nothing to say about what was going on in these prisons. There were no men standing up. There was no one standing up. These organizations weren't in here. They talk about lawsuits that were filed because of what Free Alabama Movement did. They weren't talking about the prison system until Free Alabama Movement made them talk about it. And we made them talk about it because we put our stories out before the whole world. And the only reason why they wanted to talk is because other states and other, the, 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 the Huffington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the L.A. Times, uh, Democracy, Al Jazeera, because these uh, alternate media sources started talking about it. And so they had to start talking about it to remain relevant, to not be, to not be exposed or put on the gas. But the conversations that they're having and the message that they are putting out is not in our best interest. You can go through all their articles. You will never see the word slavery in them. You can go through all their articles. You will never see Article 1, Section 32 of the Alabama Constitution in it. You will very rarely see Amendment thir- the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution because these people are part of the problem. And so we got to hold them accountable again like we held them accountable before. But we have to hold the system accountable. But beyond that, it's time for us to hold ourselves accountable again. That's our. That's where we slip the most at. We slip in holding ourselves accountable. And as a result, look at what we got. This is live from the plantation. Ben O'Hanlon, Mariah's son, Connecticut Justice Amon, your host tonight. Thank you for joining in. Uh, we appreciate all our callers. Uh, we hope we have some callers on that are ready to press one to come on and have your voices heard because we have a problem on our hands. If you have a loved one in the Alabama prison system, 
you have a life or death problem on your hands. And the situation could be better for all of us if we start dealing with these problems collectively and calling those people out who are using and exploiting these situations for financial gain. We got to call them out. You know what I'm saying? And so if you're on the line, we ask you to press one. Uh, Max, do we have any callers at this time? Yes, you do. Uh, 4724, you are live from the plantation. Good evening, this is Amira. I have the uh, definition of genocide for you that you wanted, if you still want it. Yes, please. Yes, yes, we do. Please come on with that. Okay, so genocide is a recognized crime where acts are committed with the intent to destroy in whole or in part a national ethnic, racial, or religious group. These acts fall into five categories. One, killing members of the group. Two, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group. Three, inflicting on the group conditions of, <clears throat> excuse me, of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part. Four, impossible measures intended to prevent birth within the group. And five, transferring children of the group to another group. <clears throat> That's uh, the gist of the, the definition. Thank you very much. I um I appreciate you calling it. I hope everyone caught that. If you don't mind, um, hopefully we can get you to read it again. But you know, there were several of those that apply to prison, killing members of another group for racial, ethnic, or other reasons, um, preventing us from being able to reproduce. That's another reason. Um, g- give us the other three again. Okay. Um, I'll just read the five over because I'm not sure okay. what I just said. Okay. Killing okay. Uh, one, killing members of the group. Two, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of a group. Three. Okay, right there. On, okay, right three, there. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part. And four, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. And five. Transferring children of the group to another group. <clears throat> okay, I mean, um, that's genocide. That's the definition of genocide uh, in the United Nations for the United Nations Convention. I forgot the name of the convention article. Uh, I'm sure Brother Max is going to get that up for us. But, I mean, she, I mean, basically, five out of five. I mean, mental, causing mental health, mental health, physical health deteriorating conditions. I mean, just on and on and on and on and on and on, we are allowing ourselves to be victims of genocide. But go to the Alabama Apathy article and find the word genocide in it. You will see them describing it and talking about the conditions. Find the word genocide in the articles or the AL.com or the whatever. Just wherever you want to look. Go and see what these people are really telling the story or what's actually going on or what are they just selling paper. They glossing over stories. And we see who benefited from this stuff. We see who benefited from it. We put the demographic for parole to show you all who was making parole and who was being denied. It speaks for itself. And it was so obvious and glaring that they stopped doing it. They just say now 70 or 80 were denied or 10 were granted. They don't even put the demographics up no more because of what it shows. And that lets you know that these people are working together. They're working together. They're not working for us. 
when they're doing that, they have ulterior motives and agendas that are not aligned with ours, and that's why we have to hold them accountable. You know what I'm saying? We can't just, you know, we can't just sit back and accept this. We cannot sit back and accept this. You know, and so uh, thank you very much, Carla, for um, sharing that information with us. I hope y'all got it. We're going to definitely make sure that we um, get it online. I don't know who you are that's calling, but if you can um, copy and paste that to some of our groups, Free Alabama Movement, Live from the Plantation, uh, Abolition Today, um, what else we got? Uh, Twitter, just somewhere share that with us so we can make sure we get that information because people have to see that and understand what's going on before you can start figuring out these little things that y'all think that we be exaggerating or going overboard or blowing up. It's a reason why we acting like this because we see those people and we see what they really trying to do and they're not really trying to solve these problems. Thank you. Any other callers, Matt? Yes, uh, you do. Well, for a second, we've got 0268. You are live from the plantation. Caller 0268. Thank you for calling live from the plantation. You're now in the host queue. Go ahead. Peace and blessings. This is Brother Zaki of the Free Mississippi Movement United. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an honor, bro. It's an honor. <laughs> Most definitely, bro. <laughs> Most definitely, bro. So good, good to hear from you, bro. So good to hear from you, bro. Most definitely, bro. Likewise, man. Yes, yes, sir. You you can believe it, bro. We, we, we know sometimes we have to resurrect what we can. With that being said, bro, <laughs> I like y'all format. I understand what you brother saying. I wanted to come on, bro, and let the you know let the body know that 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 y'all do have that this struggle is everywhere. You know the same. Uh, parole graphics, the same life and death situation that you brothers experiences over there. We continue to experience them as a global. Uh, it's global. It's not only there. We continue uh, in Mississippi. These same things that y'all speak of is the same thing we continue to go through over here. The struggle continues, bro. And we got to continue to unite. We got to continue to find ways that we go win at this struggle, bro. And like I say, bro, it, 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 I'm in awe. Just to continue to understand that this struggle is still going on, bro, that you brothers continue to be strong in the word. The word is still getting shared, bro. With that being said, bro, let's continue to do what we do, and it's peace and blessings to you, brother. Hey, man. Hey, I'm trying. I, I ain't never. It's been some years, and I ain't never get a chance to just, you know, man to man, just to say, bro, up to my all those, those months and months and you know, of organizing and, you know, wrestling with brothers from Mississippi to Alabama, you know, all that, bro. I just, I respect your demonstration and I, I appreciate everything you did to contribute to the uplifting and advancement of the, you know, say the mentality of the brothers in Mississippi as well as the brothers in Alabama. Man, that brother's that key, man. Y'all, y'all just don't even know who be hey, all man, on the call, hey, man. man. <laughs> y'all yeah, just bro, don't know bro, how, bro, I mean, bro. like, this brother been with us really for like, at least five years, and I mean, he we, we just not getting back in contact with him. We ran into contact. I let him know about the show. He wanted to be on last week, but I had gave, he, he signed out too late. We already know he was going to come on. That He used to be one of our co-hosts with us on the show. Uh, this brother been putting in work in Mississippi, you know what I'm saying? The stories that are being told, the reason why you see stuff being talked about in the Mississippi is, is because of this brother and a few others that stepped up with him and sister, Sister Mary, Sister KG, uh, and a few more, and these are the, the, the forerunners uh, in Mississippi. 
Oh, I thought you was going to say something. So for those of y'all who don't know this brother's IQ, he just, you know what I'm saying, we getting back in touch. And uh, we, we, this is what, this is our lot. I just saw something. Um, I think that I can't even, the number for how many people that have died in the Mississippi prison system in December was like scary. You know, I can't even remember the exact number, but it was, they just posted it the other day. But this is, like he said, this is a global struggle. This is a global struggle. And this is how we make ourselves known in it. This is how we elevate our voices. This is one of our main engines for organizing. And so we invite everyone to come on in, and we just so, you know, we're glad to have our big brother back from Mississippi. Most definitely, bro. I'm going to continue to be, you know, be a part of that movement, bro, as long as I can, man. As you brothers know, man, uh, y'all motivate me, man. Y'all format was the first format that motivated our format, bro. Y'all gave us the strength that we need, not only Mississippi, bro, but throughout the states where we where we connected at over the years, bro. The, uh, uh, I would like to say the founding fathers of the struggle is that FA, that fam, bro, that free Alabama movement. We owe you brothers so much, man, because like as the brothers just stated, uh, I've been with them since pretty much day one. When 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 when, when you know when we got nitty gritty, when things had to be done, bro. With sacrifices had to be made, with things had to come together, uh, them brothers came to me with with a proper format that we understood over there because our, our struggles so interrelated. Uh, just to mention a few, you know, just within the last seventy two hours, we have one of our facilities which would be M M C C F. That's Marshall County. Out of nowhere, they had an outbreak of uh, of COVID nineteen, and it, you know the personnel here don't even much know what to do. They don't know how to go by attacking these situations. We're in the we on the backside, put us in the crossfire. Our lives, our lives, I ain't care for like that. These these individuals that we speak of, politicians or overseers or what have you, uh, they don't have the the the, the proper know how to care. For they fellow man, they lacking those type of experiences, which is at our cost. Uh, it's so much that's going on, and like I say, bro, we got to just continue to carry on as we do, bro. Uh, I want to make myself available to all you brothers uh, to get back in the swing of things, bro. And uh, like I say, it's an honor, bro. Peace and blessings, man. Peace and blessings, bro. Any other callers, Brother Max? No, no one has pressed one on their keypad okay. yet uh, to join the call who hasn't already been on. Yeah, uh, we're encouraging everyone to press one. I mean, you oh, know. Oh, we got one. We not. Okay, come on. 9520, you are live from the plantation. Good evening. Can you fellas hear me? We can hear you fine, brother. Go ahead. Wow. First of all, I, I, I commend you, brothers, and, and thank you all for what you're doing because, as you stated earlier, my brother, uh, nobody was putting it out there for the world to know and for the world to see what was going on inside of ADOC. So I commend you, brothers, because it takes a true, dedicated, committed being to step forward in order to have progress to make change. And it's going to take sacrifice. And sacrifice means putting yourself out there. Sacrifice means putting yourself on the front line. And I commend you, brother, because that's exactly what you're doing. 
And I also like to say this, brothers. In my life, I was raised as a Christian. I was taught and told many different things about Christianity. But my greatest teacher has been experience. And I'll tell you this, fellas. And what I do know, if I don't know anything else, that we are at war. And I do know this, that there's nothing beautiful about war. There will be casualties in war. But the way to win a war, there must be sacrifices in the same type sacrifices that you brothers are making. And I commend you for that. And I just want to say, man, we can't forget that we didn't create, our, create ourselves. We can't forget that it's not us that waking us up every morning that's giving us oxygen to breathe, that's giving us movement of our limbs, that's giving us the activity of our mind. We can't forget that. So, therefore, there is a greater being bigger than ourselves. And we must always, in whatever we do, we must always give him the honor and the glory in everything that we try to accomplish. Because without the creator acknowledging him for guidance, we're not going to be able to accomplish anything. So we got to remember to do that. And again, I say that we are at war and there's been casualties behind these prison walls. I know because I have over 27 years of my life here. I want my life back. Listen to me, fellas. I want my life back because I came up in an era that men, black men taught me how to be a man, uh, to be a man. And that was my father and my grandfather that I'd never met. But looking at my father and his brothers and my uncles and how they was molded and what codes they lived by, they shaped me into being a man. And with that saying, I say that because it takes a man to make a sacrifice for his loved one, for his family, for his wife. Had I not been taught those things, I wouldn't be standing here, be sitting here today trying to share my story somewhat with you guys and to let you know that I'm a part of this struggle too. And I'm willing to make whatever sacrifice it is because they done took my life. I had a beautiful life. I came up in an era where there was the community was filled with black families. Our community was filled with fathers and mothers in the same household with plenty of kids in the house. We had parks in our neighborhood. When we went to the corner store after getting our allowance on Friday for my father who worked from Friday, from Monday to Friday and gave us allowance, it was nine kids in our house. But because my father and them struggled and because they made the sacrifice, my father was able to take care of nine kids and himself and my mother included. We got our allowance on Friday, but when we went to the corner store, the corner store was clean, immaculate clean. But the thing that the thing that y'all please hold, please hold. 
Okay, go ahead, bro. But the thing was about our neighborhoods and the store that I went to, they was black-owned. Our neighbor's corner store was black-owned. And right across the street was a, a, a service station. It was owned by Mr. Sims. It was a Sunoco service station. And inside those that Sunoco service station, there was two beautiful Camaro racing cars, the most beautiful cars i ever seen in my life. But Mr. Sims was a black man. And right across the street from Mr. Sims was a laundromat. And Miss Marie owned that laundromat. And Miss Marie was a black woman. And down the street was the bakery, a family called Green Bakery. They owned the bakery. Our fathers had to make sacrifices and put themselves on the front line to be able to get to this position in life, to be able to have a family and to be able to own businesses in their community. I miss my life. It was a beautiful life. We went to the parks. We had Easter egg hunt. There was families everywhere. We even had our own beaches because our fathers said enough was enough, and we got to do something because they had us in slavery and in bondage for so long, y'all. And I, they, 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 I miss my life, and I want my life back. And things were so beautiful, man. We didn't fight each other. We fought. We had little fights. We didn't kill each other. I miss my life, man. I remember going all the way over to two or three counties over to people that I never met before. We used to play basketball just to find a park to play basketball, and we used to meet brothers from different cities, man. We didn't fight each other. We embraced each other. We befriended each other. The black community was so beautiful. And I thank God for that era because I can stand here and I can tell you that I miss my life. And these people, just like what you said earlier, my brother, they came in and they throwed all these drugs in our neighborhood. They destroyed our neighborhoods, man. And it's up to us. They're the reason our young brothers in here killing each other. So we got to stop talking about what we're going to do. We got to do something. We got to do something to the point that it's extreme because we're living in a time where things are happening. There are extreme situations going on. Why are we still living in these cooped up buildings, man, where we sitting on top of each other? Brother, I seen you cleaning your cell the other day. The filth that we're living in, that we're breathing so many years, man. We are dying, y'all. We got to do something extreme, man. I'm not a violent person, but I know I'm at war. And I know there's not anything beautiful in war. My high school girlfriend met her 43 years ago. Thank God we're on our 42nd anniversary. A woman that knew that when she married me at 17 years old that she had a man in her life. That at 17 years old, I quit school and started doing manly things because I got her pregnant and we had a child. So I've always been a man. But I'm just telling you, fellas, if we live in an extreme times and we got to do something extreme, we can't keep sitting by talking about, you know, 
what we, our next move. Of course, there's, we got a plan. We got to take action, but it's time out for action. We got to sacrifice, you know, and we got to sacrifice now because I got some sons. Now, I've been in prison so long that my sons were boys when I came to prison, but now they are 39 and 40 years old, and they have sons and daughters. And now my grandchildren are grown. I've been in prison so long that now I have a great-granddaughter. And I'm not even 60 years old. Ain't that a blessing? I want my life back. Or either I want to die trying to get it back. And I commend you, brother, for what you're doing. And I want you to know that I stand with you. But I want, so I want you all to know it's time for us to make a move. And it's time now. And I peace with that. We are live from the plantation. Um, very moving testimony from this from this man, from this black man who who clearly sees the picture, understands life. And understand what we are going through. Uh, we appreciate everyone calling. We appreciate everyone tuning in, listening. Um, sometimes you just have to take a break and absorb everything. And so, what we're going to do right now, uh, after this very powerful uh, uh, speaker has just delivered a, a challenge, a demand. Uh, 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 I'm not going to say a cry because I did not hear. It. I did not hear a cry. I heard I heard the I heard the roar of a lion. I heard the roar of a lion. And so we're gonna take a minute, we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back on the other side of the break and we're gonna talk about uh the next event that we have planned December sixth. Uh some of the things have not been finalized yet. Hopefully we'll get everything finalized tomorrow. I also wanna add that Saturday we're having a very important nationwide conference call. If you are an ally, if you consider yourself to be an ally, then you should have this information for the conference call already. If you don't have it, then you need to be reaching out to us to try to get it so that we'll know who who is who. Because he said we have to do something. We got to do it now. And so that's what we're doing. We're calling all our allies together. If you are a person in this movement and you got resources and contacts, people that you think that are about this support, you need to share the conference call information with them so they can be on the call. You know, we, we, we've got to bring all our resources together, and then, like you said, we got to do something. If you know journalists, if you know people that are on our side that are going to tell our story and use our words, if you know other organizations that are get involved and help us organize and help us put the things together that we need to put together, you need to have them on this conference call Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. The, the information that's been going out, and we want all of our allies, all those who claim to be our allies, all of those who are ready to take the next step in this movement and take action, we need you on the call. Uh, we'll be on the other side of the break. This is Live from the Plantation, Benu Hannibal, Connecticut Justice Amon, uh, Brother Zaki, uh, Brother Elijah, and everyone calling in. We appreciate all the calls and the sister who called in and shared with us the genocide information. Uh, it's been an impactful first half hour. Get ready for the second half hour on the other side of the break, live from the plantation. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the truth. I ain't about to 
be part of nobody program. Ain't nobody gonna, you know, give me the back down. Um, and if y'all don't want to hear the truth, then that's your, you know, that's kind of a personal problem. Because um, I'm gonna keep spitting it how I see it, you know, and I think the problem is we a little too one-sided and we need to hold everybody to the fire and make sure everybody uh, do what they're supposed to do when it comes to black people, not get caught up in a whole lot of white people business. Need to worry about our own, what's going on with us. And, um, and then when we get what we got to get, then we'll, you know, welcome everybody. But we got to make a decision, and we got to push people to do something, to do something big, and do it right now. Right now. It's not the light we need, but fire, fire. Not the gentle shower, but thunder, thunder. We need the storm. We need the trouble.
I, any way possible that I can save my life while I'm drowning, I'm going to reach and grab whatever around, whatever I can grab. Because I'm trying to live. I'm trying to breathe. I'm trying to be free. I want my life back. I want to sit down and play with my grandson. I didn't get a chance to do it with my children. Because I've been in the slave camp since my daughter was three months old. I miss her first everything. First step, first words, first day of school, first everything. She's a grown woman now with children of her own. And I'm sitting here languishing inside these gulags, these slave plantations. Like it's all right. It ain't all right. It ain't all right with me. And I want my life back. I'm riding with that brother. It's time that we do something, and we do something now, and we do something extreme. Because our situation is that dire. It's that extreme. I'm saying on top of everything that we're dealing with, this, you know, we always have had, you know, the spread of, of diseases, scabies, outbreaks, and all these other outbreaks. It's a nasty and sad, unsanitary environment. It always has been. It's the whole team. And a lot of nasty, unsanitary stuff go on. But we factor in the spread of a disease that has the potential to kill. I'm talking about that once it gets unleashed inside these dormitories, the interaction of the people is so intense and so thorough that there's no way that anybody going to be able to get away. Once it starts, and it ain't nothing but a downhill ride. It's a domino effect. These people are not going to put any kind of preventative measures or precaution in place to spare, you know, us the, the anguish of us contracting this disease or going through. No, they're not. They're going to do what they can to try to protect themselves, but they could care less about the slaves on the plantation. There's plenty more in the county there. There's plenty more in the communities around us. They don't care about your humanity. But that's okay. That's okay. They ain't got to care about your humanity. But do you care about your humanity? Are you willing to do what's necessary to make them respect your humanity? Because you can talk about you a man and you can talk about what you about and all this as much as you want. The truth is in the pudding. When somebody's foot is on your neck, we're going to see if you got what you be talking about. And this situation right now, somebody got their foot on our neck. But we gangsters. We shooters. We hitters. We stealthers. We all these things when it comes to each other. Somebody broke in my box. They stole two tops. I'm going to kill him. How you going to kill somebody that stole two tops from you that cost $6? And you ain't say nothing or do nothing to the people who took your whole life. Hold on, what the hold on, let me wait a minute, wait a minute. How is it that you can be ready and willing to sacrifice and throw your life away to prove a point? It's the principle you say. He broke in my box. He stole my money. It don't care it don't matter what it was worth. It was mine. He ain't had no business messing with it and blase. And run it on him. Believe me, it go down like that sometimes. I've seen it several times over nothing. 
But they'll tell you it's about the principle. But when you put it on the table and put it in his face that you can kill a man or attempt to kill a man about some material things that come and go, that don't cost a fraction of nothing, you're willing to go all in and go all out. But you didn't say a word or do a thing when they took your whole life. You get up every morning and give your power and your freedom away to somebody. Because that's the only way that a person can, can take your freedom or, you know what I'm saying, make you a slave. You've got to be willing to give it. If you put up a fight and fight to the death, then, okay, you fought to the death. You died, but you were not a slave. You know what I'm saying? You did not commit to giving your power away. We complicit in it, man. It's a hard truth. Brother said it today in Cypher, and it took a while for it to sink in when he talked about, you know, we always had brothers who set up trading posts in the jungles and sold, you know, and bartered and traded each other, you know, to the, to the, to the oppressor. There's always been somebody among us that had a, a selfishness, an individualism about them that, you know, they wanted, you know, some kind of selfish gain or the gold, the money, or whatever it was. But, you know, they did this and put us in a situation. But, you know, that's what happened. That happened. So, all right, what you did the next day, once you got caught, wrapped and put in chains and all that, every day you're supposed to have been fighting. Every day of your life you're supposed to be fighting to be free. But somewhere in that line, we submitted and we gave in and accepted that, okay, you got me incarcerated. You got my freedom. You got my power. And it becomes easy Every single day that you get up and do it, that you get accustomed to being in here. Some brothers get institutionalized. Some brothers, you know, find their way uh, through this jungle. But, you know, either way, how you make it through this jungle, you have to admit to yourself first and foremost that you're complicit in your own oppression. You're complicit in your own incarceration. You, impl- you know, you're complicit in your own, you know, dehumanization by accepting these things, by going for these things, by allowing these things to take place, no matter what rationalization we use, no matter what justification or what, you know, because we can do it. We can rationalize, justify, or make up excuses, reasons, but the reality is that we complicit in our own enslavement, and the only person that can stop that is the slave, man, the slave has to throw off his chains. The slave has to break the chains off his mind. The slave has to break up out of his filth a dime. See, that's, that's the reason why we're in this situation, because we ain't got no spirituality. We caught up on this physical body, and death scales to death. Death scales to death. Just the thought of dying. Just to, you don't die, man. You transition from one state to a next. Man, this is an experience. But you not to sit here and take and accept any and everything that a person can pull on you for the sake of breathing out. You got to stand up somewhere, man. You got to be a man somewhere. You got to say enough is enough. I ain't going to accept that. I ain't going to be treated like that. I ain't going to allow you to keep maintaining the slave system like that so you can entrap my children and grandchildren and bring them in. No, man, we're not doing that no more, man. It's a new era. The elder said we needed a generation that was going to have to sacrifice. Bro, this is general. We're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to make them sacrifices right now. We're going to have to come together and make them sacrifices, man. Somebody, you know, someone's going to have to be forced 
in the glory. You know, at, like at Holman in 2014. You know, when you see it on the surface, you would think that, you know, them brothers, all of them shut down the whole prison. They were together. Everybody shut down, and they were together as one, and they were unified. Yeah, they was that. But it wasn't always like that, and a lot of brothers had to be forced in the glory. They had to be forced in the unity. And, you know, I'm not condoning violence. I'm not condoning, you know. what I'm just saying what got to be done got to be done. We got to be free. I want my life back. This system got to be disrupted and dismantled. So I'm saying I'm with it. I'm off and running. I got a crew where I'm at, and, you know, we own all types of stuff. You know, we understand it got to be disrupted. We understand it got to be extreme. We understand that something got to shape. And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that if we start shaking enough and disrupting enough right here that so many brothers got the herd mentality and the I'm riding mentality that, it's going to catch on and spread throughout this system. The brother going to understand that, you know, we know more, we know more of the, the submissive uh, nigga. We know more of the submissive slaves. We know more of that, man. No more of that, man. It's time to be incorrigible, unmanageable. The unmanageable slave, the unmanageable nigga, whichever terminology you choose to use, whichever one is fighting and flame you enough to take action. That's the one I'm looking for. Because I want to see brothers take action. I want to see brothers get mad, get frustrated, and say, I want my life back. That's the motto, bro. I want my life back. And with that, you know, I'm going to open the flow and pass around. Uh, I thought I had uh, Brother Rock with me, but I think I lost him on the line. But uh, maybe he'll call in and press one, and we can get some insight and uh, understanding from from another, you know, in-depth and passionate and dead series brother. But um, with that being, I'm going to open the floor back to uh, Brother Bindu. Uh, I think, uh, Brother Matt, said we had another caller, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that was an old message or current one. Uh, well, we had okay. him. They took their thing, hand down, but let's just go ahead and check anyway. 11.07, okay. you are live from the plantation. 11.07. Last four days, 11.07. Last, still on. Yeah. Okay, well, we hope to hear back from you, uh, 11. Okay, 11.07. Anybody else listening, uh, if you have something you want to contribute. Uh, one other thing I want to say, talking to, to listening to what uh, Kinect is saying, remember something. If you're a family member, loved one or something, we all in this together, you know. And so what we don't want to happen, what we don't want to happen is for the family members to enable uh detrimental or self-destructive conduct. And what I mean by that is we need y'all's help in pushing this idea to the inside. You know what I'm saying? If you're not getting this message from the person that you're talking to on the inside, then we need for you to push this message to them to help us reach them. You know, a lot of guys in prison, they have, they, they just, they just, everyone doesn't have the same level of fighting. That's the reason why you only have you know, one heavyweight champion in, in each division. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, each individual has a little bit more fighting. You know what I'm saying? So the ones that don't have the same level of fight, that's no problem. We're not criticizing them. You know what I'm saying? We just don't want them to do nothing as detrimental or counteractive to the movement and to do everything that they can. You know, throw your hardest punch. Throw your hardest punch. We're not putting no 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 burden on nobody. 
We're just saying don't go to work. Don't go spend money at canteen. Don't use the wall phone. Don't order a center package. Don't go to the snack line. Don't keep fueling the system. You know what I'm saying? If we at war, let's act like it. You know, the United States, when they was at war with, with al-Qaeda, all right, Bin Laden wasn't sending millions of dollars over to the United States to buy, so that the United States could use the money to buy bombs to come and, and, and bomb Bin Laden. But that's what we do. We get up and we'll go and give our labor or our money to the system, and the system will take that money and hire more officers and build new fences and, and buy more mace and buy bigger sticks and use it against us. You know, this is what keeps the plantation in operation, the labor. No slave plantation in history from the first one in the 1600s, not a single plantation has ever operated without the slave doing the labor. And so that's what we confronted with in 2020. We confronted with the same issue. The institution of slavery, the dynamics of it have changed, but the fundamentals of it have not changed. It still requires someone to get up and go do the labor. Now, we may not be in the cotton field no more. We in the ACI. We making furniture. We print tags. We doing recycling. We doing roll squads. We doing work release. We doing all of that. We we sending all our money to access secure. We sending all our money to the to the canteen folks. That's the dynamics now. The fundamentals are still the same. One group of people is 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 the providing the labor for the system. The other group of people is reaping the benefits and keeping the system intact. And so if we don't break in the fundamentals, if we don't cause a break in the fundamentals, then the system system will keep on going forever and ever and ever. And so that's what our movement is about. It's about attacking it at the fundamentals, at what makes it work, at what it actually is, the identity of it, the character, the nature of it. The essence, this is what it is. It's someone getting up, going to work in all these factories and spending whatever money, if you're on the outside of your loved one, whatever money you can send to your loved one, it all must be spent according to the way the state say you got to spend it. You can't send your loved one no money. He can go on Walmart and purchase something. You know why? Because the state don't make no money off of that. The only way they're going to allow us to receive anything, anything, is if they're making something off of it too. And so if you are participating in that in some kind of way, then that's where we need you to, to, to step up. That's what we need from the family members on the outside, to step up and do your part and quit sending the money in and then tell your loved one on the inside also that since you're making a sacrifice, they got to make one too and stop getting up going to these damn prison jobs. The prisons do not work without. So, uh I just wanted to chime in with that a little bit. Uh, like I said, we're going to keep the lines open. This is live from the plantation. All you got to do is press one to be heard. Uh, we organize and we plan and we plot and scheme and strategize. We want you to be down with it. We want you to be in the loop. We want you to be in the know. We don't want you to be on the sidelines saying, well, I ain't know. There's no reason why you should know. That's why we created this platform, so you could know, so we could tell you, so you could be informed, and so you can take action. We need people to take action daily. You should be doing something every day to overcome this burden. I know you want your life back. I know you want your loved one back at home. You got a husband at home. I know you want him back at home with you. 
If you have a wife in behind him, I know you need it. If you have a mother, a father, or something, I know you want them back. You know, but you got to do something to make it happen. You got to get educated. You got to understand the system. You got to understand. You got to call. Keep looking. Okay, let's bring the call on. All right, uh, nine eight five six. You are live from the plantation. Go ahead, nine eight five six. He's God, man. It's wild. I was just, I was just uh, letting y'all okay, know that I was okay. on. Oh, okay. Hey, all right, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Why? Well, what's uh, what's going on, man? What the land look like? What things look like around you right now? Man, a, a real slave plantation. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe. Hey, man, what they, they got two passes right now. They got a, they got a two passes and two 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 minute distractions, right? Yeah. Man, yeah, the drugs, sad, man. man. Um, what, the, what the drug? What the drug scene look like? Explain to people what you seeing. What the what the drug scene look like? What it's doing to our people? I mean, we know when you use the word passive, we know the drugs is the cause of that. Tell them what. What you seeing, you know what I'm saying, what the scene looks like. I mean, like, like, yeah, now what we have, uh, you know, when, when, when we're trying to uh, promote or shut down or protest or something like that, he got mad. They, they, they drug habit is what drives them to work like they do now. They no longer like, you know, it's mandatory, quiet, uh, have a job, uh, they they'll hit them with that. But now, you know, a lot of these guys volunteering to go up there and work. They they do it to support their drug habits. So, right, you know, that 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 right there in the way, and it's the drugs itself. You know, these these guys, man, they seem like they looking for the strongest stuff they can get hold of. And it, it's just sad. Okay. And definitely the state making sure it's available to them. Yeah. Yeah, because it's too convenient right now. I mean, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't never seen it like this. Let it. Okay. Well, we need to be in touch. I need to get in touch with you anyway uh, about something else I got going on. But definitely appreciate you calling in and supporting the show. Uh, pressing one is well, well, I, I, I get it. I know, you know. You know how to get up. Okay. That's what's up, bro. I'm ready, man. Y'all peace. All right. Peace. Power, God. That's power. Max, Max, we have any other callers uh, on the line? Uh, I want to remind 1107 that your mic is open. Uh, I remember you had your hand up there for a while, so your mic is open, 1107. Hey, uh, peace, bro. Peace, peace. Peace, brothers rock. Um, I just wanted to um, chime in on what bro was saying as far as us not being in the field anymore. Yeah, he stated that we was on ACI. And I just wanted to highlight the fact that we're no longer um, picking cotton because we have become cotton. We're no longer picking across our back because we've been 40 years. We're no longer dealing with the plantation because the plantation is now mass incarceration. So to agree with brother when he stated that he wanted his lives back because, bro, I'm tired of being a slave myself. I came into this thing when I was 21 years old, and I'm going to be 38. 
I haven't seen nothing that looked like that. They won't even let me go to an account because they state that I got too much influence. But influence ain't worth a damn if you ain't using it to influence people to do something that's going to be beneficial for us collectively as a whole. Me sitting up here highlighting them, uh, uh, paying myself in a self-righteous picture does nothing for us collectively. Because as long as one of us suffer, we all suffer. And I think the, the quicker we step into light of that, the quicker we begin to look at that, the better and the quicker we'll begin to make a change. But right now, it's like the brother just stated. Why I just stated? It's sort of just ain't looking like a graveyard. It's like I told a brother, me and Earl was talking one day. I mean, I look and I see a junkyard. I see a transmission here, a motor here, a body here, wheels here. But they all separated on each individual cause. And until you take and bring them together collectively as a whole, we have nothing but a junkyard. And I see that a lot when I look at a lot of the brothers that surround me. I see potential everywhere. But potential is not worth a damn when you can't bring it together to utilize it and use it for what's going to be best for us all. Because these people don't give a damn. They do not care. I mean, I watch what they do to each other, and I watch what the system do to us every day in this conformatory mindset that it's installing inside of these brothers and making them content to the point where they would do 30 years with a phone and a sack and be all right with it, but it's not acceptable. Because who's raising the youth? Who's teaching our community? I follow teaching and teach me that anything that you that you that you believe or that you depend on, you a slave to it. We done became dependent on the drugs, we done became dependent on the system, and we're not dependent on each other. Most of all, we're not dependent on self. With that, bro, I'm a piece of that, bro. Most definitely, most definitely, most definitely. Saying that the theme, the theme is ringing loud and clear. You know that we know what the issues is. Uh, that we're afflicted with. Um, you know, one of the biggest obstacles to organizing inside, outside, organizing, period, anywhere, is the mindset of the people you organize and are you trying to organize. And in our environment, um, there's a, you know what I'm saying, there's a real epidemic uh, going on, and it impedes with everything. You know, it's the first. This is the first uh, time I've had um, the experience of being in population. I've been in in lockup and segregation throughout the state for the last five and a half years. Um, here and there, on and off, I've been out a week or two here or a month there. But this run right here is the first time I've gotten a real look at the condition of of our people. And what, you know, I think about what crack did to our community and how it just decimated the will of people, you know, to keep their self up, to, you know, to maintain their, their, their position, you know, so forth. They just let their self go. But nothing of this magnitude have I ever seen. So many young brothers, you know what I'm saying, strung out, you know, and they like, and it's like they zombies. And, you know, we had the dialogue yesterday about music and the influence of music. And, you know, the things that these brothers are talking about, you know, they're talking about their lives and what's going on. And on every single song, there's a reoccurring theme of seeing how high you can be. Being on lean, being on perk, being on Roxy, being on ice, being on, you know, all this at one time, that's what's popular. They have made being junkies popular. 
You know, that's the aspiration to be a junkie, to get white boy wasted, to, you know, get so high you lay down and you can't move for 12 hours. You can't accomplish nothing like that. And this is a dangerous environment. I still don't understand how these brothers, you know, it's the cheapest thing that you ever seen, an item, an item and a half. You can get you a joint of some poison, some shit that you hit one time, two times, you unconscious. You just laid out wherever you at. And they like that everywhere, all over the day room. They laid out in the showers. They laid out. Wearing the same clothes they done had on all week. I'm talking about just straight bombed out junkies. And they 19, they 20, they 21. Man, it's the youth. The best way to destroy people is to destroy their children, their youth. Because that's their future. These are the brothers who got to take up you know, the slack when we get we move past. These the brothers who got to pick up the torch. These the brothers who got to take up, you know, the position of educating the brothers and, and, and the children. How they going to do that? They ain't educated themselves. They don't even desire education. All they desire is, can I clean your cell for an item or two so I can get me a junk? Can I wash your shoes so I can get me a junk? You need me to get you some ice so I can get you. I'm trying to have literally turned these young dudes who used to be turned up and ready for whatever into puns, servants. And this is intentional because this shit every fucking well. Every fucking where you go, lock up, population, infirmary. Everywhere you go, in every prison it seems like. It ain't never been this easy to get something into a prison as it is to get flocker into a prison. It's everywhere. It's every fucking women and they letting it go down and they aiding in the system. For those of you who listening, there's a there's a brother uh, on YouTube uh, well he's on Facebook and YouTube, but he he's been going live for the last week or so. And this brother here used to work in the Alabama Department of Correction. And he felt like he got fucked over. He felt like they played him. And this brother been going live for the last week, putting all of their business on the table. But one of the things that he talks about in his, his live video is how the captain runs up extortion and drug ring. And if you ain't with their team, then you get busted. You know what I'm saying? If you're not up under their umbrella, you're going to feel the wrath. You're going to be shook down. You're going to be locked up. You're going to be made to understand that it's only one team in the institution, and that's the administration's team. And it ain't just at one institution that they run these rackets. It's at all of them. It's too much free money for them. They're getting a check from the state free because they come and laying around ain't doing shit. Then they're going to exploit the brothers in here with these exorbitant prices to do this and do that. So they get that check. Then they go shake a brother down and take all his shit. And then they get that money. It's a money grab, man. But at the same time, they undermining 
the growth, development, and elevation of our movement, of this struggle, of the struggle for black people, period. Just like they did with the Panthers and SNCC and all the rest of them in the 60s. When they seen their brothers were waking up and becoming conscious, they flooded the communities with cheap heroin, something to pacify you, something to knock you out, something to make you forget your problem. Because you got to remember now, they studied, you know, all this, who, who gets high, who use drugs, why they use drugs, et cetera. And they create these depressing environments, these, you know, hopeless environments where people just feel like they can't goddamn get ahead, can't move, and they get off into their misery, and they turn off into a delusional world, a fantasy world, and they get high to get away from reality and so forth. So they create these environments to produce those mentalities, then flooded with these escapes, and these escapes become their cage because they become addicted at a young age, and they fight throughout their 20s and 30s with addiction and can't get it right and can't get on track and can't move forward because biological and chemical warfare has been declared on us, along with psychological as well as the physical. War has been declared on us, and we refuse to acknowledge it. We walking around like it's all good. Like I said, we don't even know that the bulls are on our head. And we keep falling down one at a time trying to figure out why we fall and don't understand that the bulls are on us. Man, we got to come together, man. It's time to wake up. It's time to get it together, man. Fuck getting high, man. Let's get free. Fuck getting high, man. I want my life back. Stop playing, man. Let's get real. Let's get back where life really matters, man. Where life got value. Because up in here, don't nobody care about the value of your life. If you don't. Because the administration and these doped out, you know, brothers, they ain't in their right mind, man. They not themselves right now. The things they say and do just ain't really who they is. Nevertheless, it doesn't eliminate the threat or the danger that they pose to us personally, us in our struggle, and us in moving forward and doing what we're doing. There's no way that we can get around addressing and dealing with these brothers because we need them. We got to do what we can to try to, you know, I don't know how, I, you know, I work with brothers every day. And I see brothers get off of it and get a week under their belt. They're good. They're coming back to life and turn right back around and they slump down again and fail week to it again. And it's a frustrating cycle. But they worked it, man. They are youth. If we ain't got no hope in the youth, ain't no hope in the future, man. If we want something in the future, man, we got to do the work now. We got to commit ourselves to doing something about our younger brothers. We can't discard him and say he just doped out, he threw, he gone, and throw him off as trash. We got to do, we got to fight for these brothers, man. We got to fight for these brothers. We got to figure out a way to try to cut this dope down, man, and get these brothers off this bullshit. Because this shit ain't nothing but poison, man. This shit ain't but poison. I'm talking some real live poison. And they addicted to it. They, they like they programmed with self-destruction. We got to fight for them, man. We got to try to help them get off this shit. We got to stop this shit from flooding these prisons, man. We got to do something. We got to quit talking about it, quit pointing fingers at them, 
man, we got to do something about this shit. We see what the problem is, and we ain't going to be able to really and truly come together and move forward until we address the elephant in the room, man. Is you getting some money? Is you selling this poison? Is you putting this shit out here all throughout the prison? Is this goddamn worth our chance to go home? Is this worth more than my goddamn freedom? Is you getting some money more important than my freedom? That's the question every man got to ask himself. And then, is it is it worth what we doing to the? Is it worth what we doing to each other? You know, we had all the hoopla around the election. Trump doing this, Biden doing that, and people always be sliding it in, but we really don't want to. We don't want to respond to it. What about what we doing to each other? You know, yeah, what they doing to us, righteous indignation. No problem with it. But where is our accountability for what we're doing to each other? We got to talk about that, too. We can't act like we ain't doing things to each other. You know, a brother, he said something to me. He, he used the phrase. He said, it ain't about the income. It's about the outcome. And that's what we get in these drug games and stuff for, because of the income. Because we've been in poverty. I understand the, 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 the reasoning behind getting involved in the drug game, it's very obvious why we do it because of the poverty, because of the conditions that we create. But we got to have a grace period or something. I mean, can we have a holiday? Can we take some time off, please, to save some life? You know what I'm saying? Because the income is not adding up to the outcome. We're not making enough money to justify the destruction that we're doing to ourselves and our people. Because most drug dealers I know, they don't, they use a drug too. They have another drug. They may sell this and that, but they use this. You know what I'm saying? So is the income, is the income worth the outcome? If you feel like you just got to do it or you ain't trying to change your lifestyle, you, whatever, okay, but can we have a grace period? Can we take some time off? So that we can handle the business of the black community. Can we handle that business? You know what I'm saying? Because the the, the rate that we own now, we'll be pointing the finger at everybody. We'll be pointing the finger at Democrat, Republican, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Mike Pence, Bill Clinton, Obama. We'll be pointing the finger at everybody. And if they stop doing all the shit they was doing, look at what we still got going on amongst ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So something got to give here. You know what I'm saying? If we got a problem with what the, the system and the people are doing to it, then let's stop what we're doing and let's fight the system for a while. Because we're doing a damn good job of taking each other out. We had another person, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we had another person lost their life to violence in a DOC. The real people responsible are not being held accountable. Commissioner Johnson done. He's not being held responsible. The war is over. They're not going to never be held responsible because these advocacy groups and shit that's hanging around these prisons, they are not going to make those people answer for what they're doing. But the scapegoats, oh, they're a scapegoat. Yes, sir. You have got one more caller and 10 minutes left. Just let Okay, me go ahead. Bring the caller. All right. Um, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to let you know. All well, right. That's exactly how we would prefer you to do it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how we want it. Come on with the call. 
2877, you are are live from the plantation. 2877. Make sure your phone is off mute so we can hear you. Last four digits of your number, 2877. You just press one, you're you're live in the queue. Go ahead. All right. Hey, this is dope. And... I've been listening. Finally got you to press one. Uh huh. Uh huh. Come on, I've been listening since uh, the end of the first ad. And, you know, I like everything I'm hearing. You know, the brother's getting deep and all that. The thing I want to say about, you know, I'm going to talk about me personally. And for y'all that know me, you know, when I when I first came in, I came in on the road, and I can recall being, you know, in the cell, and all I could do was look up through the bars and out the window, and the hallway, the runner on the hall seemed like he had more freedom than me. I ended up being a hall runner. When I became a hall runner, I used to go to the end of the um, hall, look through the uh, door slot, down in population. At the home, and then I used to be like, damn, will I ever get down there? Will I ever make it to population? And then when I get in population and shit, and I could get close to the fence, it became damn. Would I ever make it to the other side again? And, you know, over the years, I always thought, you know, when it came to freedom, there was levels to it. Then now as the years passed, came to the conclusion about freedom. No, it ain't levels to it. I mean, there's only two options. You're on this side of the fence or you're on that side. You're free or you're not. And, you know, shit, I'm damn near 24 years in this shit. And people tell me every day, they say I'm grumpy and, and miserable and shit. And I tell them, yeah, hell no, I ain't happy here. But it's like the brothers, everybody talking about we need to do something. If we're going to do something, we got to do it before we get too old and we can't do shit. But now, the bottom line is this. Hell, they done took so much from us, we practically dead now. This ain't no life for a man. And anybody that can be happy in this motherfucker, shit. He's sick. He already dead in his mind. So my thing is this. Whatever we got to do in the year, everybody's saying we need to do something extreme. And when you think about um, the civil rights movement, people, motherfuckers got to get on the front line. Motherfuckers got to get on the front line. Everybody ain't going to... You know, we ain't going to make it. But everybody got to stand for the same thing. And 
you know, y'all the founders, y'all been going through this shit for so long. And, and, you know, the bot, hey man, I'm just sick of this shit. That's all I know. And whatever the brother's down for, I think it's time we stop talking. If y'all, all this tea shit, if you don't shop to motherfuckers, you can't shop motherfuckers being friendly. Like, the man on the first half was talking about his neighborhood. For us, as a people, to see neighborhoods like that again, and and we know we at war now, that means we got to we gotta wage this motherfucker. We got to go to war. We got to go war. I mean, shit. And we don't fight. We got, I mean, we, we are fighting for our lives. We are fighting for our lives, and, and man, I'm going to pay with that. Y'all just know shit. I was ready for whatever. I'm tired of this shit. And, hell, death got to be better than this. And we ain't got no hope. If I ain't got no hope of getting out of this motherfucker, I'm ready to see what's next. And I pass. Let's see that. what's next. Let's see what's next, though. I'm ready to see I'm what's good. next. Because this ain't it. Hell no, it ain't. Uh, we have any other callers, Max? Um, I believe uh, Brother Aki still has his hand up, so let's check and see if he had anything else to say. 0268. Last four digit number 0268. If you can hear us, you live with us on live from the plantation. He spoke earlier. If not, uh, okay, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Bendu to uh, close us out. Um, I mean, the last caller, I mean, you know, from beginning to end tonight, just, you know, extreme measures, you know what I'm saying? We got to see what's next. We got to see what's next, you know, and just I'm, I'm so glad we had the call tonight because thinking about the events and stuff that we got upcoming, it made me understand that we can't we can't tap we can't we can't be tiptoeing up on this line. We got to go ahead and step on this line, you know. We got to declare war too. That's the bottom line, you know. what I'm saying we have got to declare war on this system. They've already declared war on us. Now it's time for us to make our declaration. We got to declare war. And whatever that means to you, then whoever, whatever that means to whoever's listening or hear this message or receive this message, you know, that's what's got to be done because there is no other option. We don't have another option. We've got to declare war on the system because the system doesn't declare war on us. And um, now it's the time. It's 2020. 400 years is enough. They say that's how long it was supposed to last. Then it's time to bring about the systems in. We thank everyone for joining us uh, live from the plantation again. Uh, we are planning something for December 6th. We're going to continue to work on those plans. Those plans will be out before the weekend is over, no doubt. But most important, Saturday, Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m., we have a nationwide conference call. We don't care who you are, where you're calling from, who you know. You know, don't come on here talking about, well, I know somebody, but I ain't. We don't want to hear that bullshit. If you know somebody, send them the information and bring them on. You know what I'm saying? We want to bring all our cars to the table Saturday at 11 o'clock a.m. 
all this playing stuff and holding back and acting like you some big time big shit. Fuck, uh, we that that that's not what we here for right now. You know what I'm saying? We the the games and the playing the big the, uh, big shot. It's, it's time for that to cease. Cause if you're such a big shot and you got the connections, then make something happen. If you got another plan other than the one the free Alabama movement is putting out there, then we need to hear. You done had two hours to press one. We ain't heard nothing. You know, so Saturday, 11 o'clock a.m., if you know somebody, if you're in touch with an organization, we're in touch with some professors, we're sending them an invite. We're in touch with the Harvard uh, Divestment Program, we're sending them some invites. We're in touch with the Advancement Project. Uh, we're in touch with uh, the Workers' World. We're in touch with Iowa. We're in touch with whoever. You know what I'm saying? Abolish Slavery today National did, Network. Abolition Today. Uh, mm-hmm. By the Slavery National Network. Just for be frank. The invitation Stay on top for the conference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The invitation. The invitation for Saturday is coming out. And if you bought this talk, if you bought this life, then you need to come on and get on board because we've got to take action. We've got to take action and we're going to take action now. Thanks to everyone. Um, uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can hit us at freealabamamovement at gmail.com. But connect again with your email too right quick. So my email is freedomfighter at famqueenteen.com. That's freedomfighter at famqueenteen.com. Freealabamamovement at gmail.com. Um, it's time, man. It's time. You know, we, we got to, uh, we even got to rebrand our message, you know. We have to rebrand our message to, to, to suit the time, to put the right mindset and the right spirit of the people. You can't have no weak, soft message and think the people going to gravitate to it. Talking about we finna have a, a kumbaya or no, we finna declare war. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to prepare ourselves. And the time for preparation really is over. You know, it's time to advance. So thanks to everyone for calling and listening. Thanks to all of our, our guests and people who press one. All the guys, all the women behind enemy lines, press one. If you're hearing about the call or whatnot, you know, I love it's, it's endless. We 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 all in this together. There's no big eyes, no little use. It's not just about Alabama. It's about all states. You know what I'm saying? But we can't speak for other states. We can only speak for ourselves. But we got the line open for you to press one, and you can speak about yours. You know what I'm saying? But we call it for action down here in Alabama because, I mean, Death is certain right now. You know what I'm saying? It, it is what it is. Thanks, everyone. Uh, we out of here. Freedom of Abolition. death. Ain't nothing Abolition. left. Abolition. Abolition.
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.